Throws underneath to Wake, makes the hurdle to get past one tackler, shakes off two, three, and four, and there goes Mason Wake, bowling over another, and finally dropped at the 43-yard line, an 18-yard gain. Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars have their highest national ranking in more than a decade after a 3-0 start to the season. The fire for the end zone, Carter Wheat is there and hauls it in for the score! Touchdown Cougars, Carter Wheat for the first time as a Coug. Now the Wiley Cougs are chasing the Roadrunners and we're breaking it down with the coach and Gunnar Romney next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another weekly edition of the Satake Show. We've got a great hour of Cougar football lined up for you. Hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. And as always, we'd like you to be a part of the broadcast by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using the hashtag Sitake Show, as well as Facebook and Instagram using the BYU TV sports accounts there. All right, coming up on tonight's show, as we will get you the rundown showing the review of another rollicking runaway as BYU buries the Bulldogs of La Tech, Zach Wilson. Off to a sizzling start to the season. He takes us inside the film room for the QB's eye view on some of the best plays from last Friday. We'll preview this Saturday's set two with UTSA. Tonight's Q&A quizzes the Cougs about Cosmo. Deep Blue will profile the Romney brothers from Mexico to Provo, while one half of the brother act joins us live for a two-on-one conversation. And to get tonight's show on the road, we welcome in the head coach of the Cougars. He is Kalani Sitake. Good to see you again, Coach. Going on, Greg. Here we go. Things are rolling right now, 3-0 and and uh, playing really well. Yeah, just happy with the team and the performance and, you know, excited about getting this next one, keeping them focused on, on this next game. And I'm, I'm okay talking about the La Tech game because it's for our fans and for you. So uh, we'll do that for this show. But other than that, the guys are focused on, uh, on UTSA and, and trying to get that, that win to Saturday. That game is in the past, and the record, as far as you're concerned, is 0-0, zero and zero, not 3-0, and oh, right? Yeah, I, th I think the key is staying focused for these guys and, and um, trying to find ways to get better every week. And, and they've, they've done a great job leading the team, leading each other. And, and uh, you know, the expectations for each other, uh, they're definitely demanding of each other. And um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure for us coaches and the staff to, to help work with these guys. And I'm seeing a lot of improvement, great practice today, and looking forward to seeing how this week progresses. The pollsters love the way you're playing. Uh, you're at 3-0 and and up to 15 now in both the AP and the coaches' polls. That's the highest ranking since 2009, up seven spots from just last week. And that's, uh, the, there's, there's value in that, and it's okay to recognize the fact that BYU is at a place where a lot of well, coaches, players, and fans expect them to be, ideally. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a confirmation that our guys are working hard and the, the hard work is paying off, you know, and... Um, but I, I think for our guys, it's, it's, a, it's a nice pat on the back, but they got to keep working. We can't sit and rest on what we've accomplished so far. We, there's a lot more to prove. And I've, I've said that over and over again, but I think the players have taken it to heart and are focused on trying to get uh, this next win and, and then let everybody else deal with, with uh, you know, the rest of the talk. And so I, I've been really excited about the, the focus that I'm seeing from the guys. But... Uh, you know, you can't deny the fact that, that the hard work is paying off and it's building momentum for us. So as long as we keep trending the right way and keep uh, requiring our guys to get better and focusing on individually getting better and then as a team coming to, coming to get a better performance. But 
it just shows that we're working efficiently together as a team and all three phases are clicking, are clicking right now. Indeed, everyone should feel good about it. Well, the Cougs got to 3-0 with a 45-14 home win over Louisiana Tech under the Friday night lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And our game highlights that we're going to show to you now for our viewing audience are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU and La Tech for the first time ever. And BYU scores Kalani again on its first drive of the game, and it was a touchdown drive. Yeah, I, th I thought, you know, overall, the guys, we, we established, uh, established the run game and we're really balanced. And, um, you know, because of that, Zach was able to pull it and get that play. 7-0 game when LaTeX goes to Smoke Harris and a short pass turns into a long touchdown run. Yeah, disappointing uh, outcome, but, you know, the guys took bad angles and uh, I thought the, the response was really nice. We were able to get this turnover here with Troy and the pick, but, um, you know, uh, not everything goes perfectly, but, but there's some things that we could focus on being better with our angles and, and uh, with our technique. First quarter ended 7-7. BYU starts to pull away in the second quarter. Carter Wheat for the first time as a Cougar. Yeah, just he's been, he's been making plays like this um, for a long time and uh, since he got here, you know, but uh, just be able to see the connection and, and the, you know, just the, the, the way that our receivers and tight ends are working with, with Zach and the, the protection that we see from our, our old line, the blocking we see of getting them the run game going. We thought Gunnar Romney had gotten in. Tyler Algier made sure of it after the review, and then Gunnar Romney does get in later in the quarter. And it's 28-7 to approaching halftime, and the half would end with a sack from Tyler Batty. He had three on the night. Really good job, good pressure, and being able to, you know, slow start, but I thought the guys stuck with the game plan and, and believed in each other, and we were able to get some plays here. How much fun did you have with this play? Loved it. I mean, I, I told the guys it reminded me of me, but I, it's way better than I could ever do. And it was me trying to give myself a compliment. But um, Mason is a great player. He makes big time plays. And I just love the, the physical part of his game. How about the ball security, too? They were going for the ball. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that, that was a perfect rep by a fullback. Tyler Algier, a little option look down the left sideline, puts BYU in scoring position. And that's when it opens up for Zach Wilson, who says, well, i got to take it in. You're going to send two, two guys with my guy. I'll, <laughs> I'll saunter in. And then more of – now, this didn't count as a touchdown. They said he stepped on the sideline. But another great run from Tyler. Yeah, it was a close one. I, I, don't, I don't know if there was enough to overturn it. But, you know, I think it was good that we were able to get some points out of this drive. And, you know, Jake, Jake was able to make that field goal. Jake Oldroyd staying perfect on the season. Quarterback draw for Zach Wilson's hat trick score, this third touchdown of the night. He's been good on the ground. Five rushing touchdowns already this year. We've seen him do that before, and so that, you know, it was nice to be able to call that on a, on a third and long. Okay, Smoke Harris for a second time. That was the final score for La Tech as the game would end with Max Tooley with a pick. Second turnover of the night, both on INTs, and BYU's a winner 45-14 to over Skip Holtz's Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech, a night on which BYU ends up outgaining the opponent by 200 yards in total offense. And Kalani, we felt that that takeaway number would be coming and there was a plus two night in the margin for you on two turnovers. Yeah, I thought that was good. I mean, we had, we took a, a penalty, I mean, a, a, a pick away from Troy the first time by jumping off sides. And so the lack of discipline that we had gave, gave up a, another opportunity to make a big play. Um, but overall, the guys played well. You know, there's a lot of things that we were able to learn and get better from that the last two drives, I mean, the time of possession, they went a 17-play drive. And uh, those guys on the field, it was valuable for them to try to get out of those. I and mean, the film was valuable for us to look at it and evaluate and, and have them learn those lessons. It was, 
you don't like giving up points, but it was worth it for them to come back in the next drive, force a turnover, and get out of the, and, and close the game. So, uh, really good game. I, I was pleased. Obviously, I think we gave up too many big plays that, that you don't like seeing, but overall, I'm glad that, that the, we played great team football in all three phases and were able to come out with a convincing win. Well, BYU took control of Friday's game by scoring on six straight possessions spanning halftime. And it was a two-minute drill we're going to focus on that gave you the 28-7 lead at the break. And it was five plays, and they went really quick, Kalani. Yeah, I thought it was a great game, game uh, you know, planning. And we do this. We, we, we're always putting ourselves in this situation and, you know, end the half. And I think everything just went really smoothly. And, and I love the play calls. I love the mix of it all and the accuracy that we're seeing from Zach and uh, the pass protection. All of it was working really well. And these are the five plays that you see that he was able to connect on a lot of them. So, This is play number four, back-to-back to, back to Dax on the sideline. And that sets up a Gunnar Romney touchdown. This is five plays over 80 yards, under 40 seconds on the clock. It was precise on your way down the field and a great way to go into halftime. Yeah, and I think the you know, offense was a little bit apologetic because they, they left too much time on the clock <laughs> um, for La Tech. But I, I just, there's no such thing as scoring two too fast, you know. So we'll take it. The defense we have we have a, a, a deep defense that if we get tired, we'll be able to use some of our down the line guys. But uh, as long as the offense is clicking like that, I don't want to get out, of the, you know, get in the way of that. That last score we saw did come up, come from outside the red zone, but inside the twenty, you guys are perfect this year. I, I know that officially you have two red zone misses because they were end of game kneel downs, but when you want to score, you're 16 for 16 with 13 touchdowns right now. Yeah, and that's a huge, um, you know, for me. Love what Jeff Grimes is doing. They, they, you know, he and his staff, you know, they do an amazing job at, at, at prepping and, and making that. That was something that we needed to fix from last year. And, um, you know, I obviously didn't help them out by kneeling the ball down uh, those, at the end of those two games, but I, I believe it's the right thing to do. And, um, you know, what we see from the offense, the improvement that we've seen in the red zone is, is, is a big compliment to, the, to our coaches and the way that they address some of the issues that we've been able to improve on from last year and and then also complimenting the players that uh, you know being able to stay focused and, and execute at a high level the efficiency on our offense is really really nice right now with a slow start we were able to still put that many points on the board it's a good sign so as long as we can keep doing that and having that type of performance we're, we're going to be really good well that uh, surgical possession we just saw highlighted Zach Wilson in complete control of the Cougar attack and tonight he takes us inside some of the best of Friday night as he and Jerem Jordan take us inside the film room. All right, Zach, the second best completion percentage in BYU history, 92.3%, career high five touchdowns. What were you most proud of against Louisiana Tech? You know, just the overall execution of the team. You know, I feel like the guys came out. They did what we were supposed to do. Uh, the O-line held their own. The defense got stops, and, and the receivers made some big-time plays. And it started on the first drive, and let's walk through this in the film room. Dax Milne, 39-yard throw. This is back shoulder. The, the ball's <laughs> in the air quite a bit here. Yeah, you know, this is a, this is probably one of the further back, back shoulder throws I've had. Uh, we tried to take a shot here on the first uh, drive, and, and we had Dax running uh, actually like a, a stutter is what we kind of call it. Trying to get the, the double move on the corner, trying to get him to bite. Corner wasn't a bail technique. He was he was bailing on the, on the route. Um, you know, once I started rolling out, going through my progression, I had the over route coming across the field and then the flat to Peeney. Um, I noticed as I was rolling out that the corner was stacked on top of Dax and then also had his eyes on Dax and not on me. And so I figured, you know, if I just throw a ball that's, you know, underthrown and I, I throw Dax back, Dax can see the ball, Dax will come back and make a play. And 
you know, he did a great job finding the ball in the air and coming back and getting it. And, you know, we, we moved the ball all the way down to the 10 yard line. So that was a big uh, momentum shift right there. And Dax did a great job being able to come back and get it. Gunnar Romney, you throw this one to him. It looks like he scores the touchdown initially. They then say it's at the one, but 22 yards, he makes a heck of a play. And uh, you had to dance around in the pocket in this one. Yeah, so we had a, we had a little concept to the field right there. Gunner was isolated on the backside with a, you know, just a slant route just for any pressure or anything, nothing crazy. And, um, you know, I went through my full progression of the field. Everything was covered. And, you know, my sixth sense as a quarterback, you know, you, you initially feel like you have a backside pressure. So I spun. I spun right there thinking I had someone behind me. Brady did a great job picking up the free safety fire on the backside. And, um, you know, initially when I turned, I saw Gunner just running towards the front pylon. The DB was right there, but his back was again turned. He couldn't see where the ball was coming because he was looking at Gunner, trying to trying to get back on, on the route. And I figured if I just put a ball nice and high, Gunner can go up and make, make a play on it. And he did a great job coming down with the catch. Gunner Romney has a touchdown catch. Uh, maybe could have had two, but he at least had the one. 22 yards. This was part of a... 37 second drive which was just incredible someone tweeted zach wilson drove 10 hours on weekends so he could drive 37 seconds on the field <laughs> and gunner yeah, makes the, the catch and and uh finishes that drive yeah so on this play we have gunner running a, a fade or a clear or a go is whatever you would call it you know we have neil who is probably our first our first look at this or the the tight end coming underneath you know it's a high low play and uh, the biggest issue with throwing a deep sail route to, to someone like Neil is is a corner falling off. And so, you know, I really just told myself if that corner wants to jam Gunner and let him go at all. I'm going to throw that ball right off of his back. And so the second I saw the corner, you know, let Gunner go and start to fall off into the flat, I saw the safety couldn't get there on time. And I just knew if I could, you know, get enough juice on that ball, I could sneak it in between the safety and corner and, and Gunner would be able to score. You had three rushing touchdowns as well. I want to highlight one of them. Really reminded me of the USC touchdown that was the go-ahead in regulation and uh from 14 yards out uh your third rushing touchdown yeah so this one you know we spread them out we we saw on film that you know they like to you know have a lot of guys outside of the box to try and stop the pass in this empty uh empty set they actually blitz the will backer from the boundary on this one which you know actually indicates that i'm supposed to throw the ball to lopini katoa where i uh replace the blitz I actually saw a hole open up in the A or B gap to my left side. I was able to, you know, sneak through before the Will Backer was able to come. The O-line or Joe Tukuafu right here did a great job of opening up. Um, even Shannon Herring did a great job setting and, and letting me sneak through right there as well. And, you know, once you get to that point, it's really just trying to trying to make a play to get into the end zone. Perhaps people didn't notice, but that's because Joe did his job. The backup center, Joe Tukuafu, as you mentioned, played for James Empey. How did he perform? Yeah, he did a great job. You know, he came in with poise. He came in with uh, energy, and that guy was just excited to play. He's been working for that moment, and, you know, I was just proud of how he came out. Well, 3-0, and trying to make it 4-0 against UTSA. What do you think of the Roadrunners on your initial look? Yeah, good, tough team. You know, they're physical, and, you know, they're going to come out to try and uh, try and get after us. You know, that's the that was always our favorite favorite thing, being the underdog and an opponent, is, is no one expects you to come out and, and, and win and put up points and and do big things and so you know they're coming out with just energy and uh, they're excited for this opportunity well zach you can break down a play as well as anybody nice work and thanks for joining me in the film room yeah thank you appreciate it well uh, zach wilson's stats are eye-popping after three games and that game friday night uh, was an all-timer he has the second highest completion percentage for a single game oh he's also got the first all-time because he had the 18 for 18 game in the bowl game. So he's putting up some big numbers uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, not missing on passes and uh, 24 uh, for 26 shows that 
again in spades and doing it on the ground as well and being responsible for five touchdowns on the night with the two of them passing. Uh, just so much to like about the way he's throwing the football right now and not just throwing the football, but running the game. Yeah, he's playing at a high level. And, and I think um, you, you heard him talk. It just, you know, he's a machine. He, his football IQ is, is through the roof. And I think that in connection with being able to work with Aaron Roderick as his quarterback coach, um, you know, he, he and Jeff Grimes as offense coordinator, they've got a system in place that highlights his strengths and uh, he's able to lead this offense. And so what I've been really happy with what I've seen from, from so far. And I, but I still think there's, he, he'll tell you there's room for improvement. There's a lot of things that he feels like he can do better. And I can't wait to see it. On that quarterback draw we saw, um, we see, we talked a bit about Joe Tukuafu, but he actually ends up in the end zone with Zach Wilson on that play. Joe was playing because James Empey wasn't available, and, and every start Zach had made had been with James Empey mm -hmm. until Friday night. You had to go with Joe, and it's, first, it's his first O-line start. How do you think Joe Tukuafu did debuting in a really tough spot? Great job. And, and, and when you don't hear about um, you know, the, the difference, and, and, and that's a good sign that he was able to do his job, and James is a great player, and, and it's tough filling those shoes, but uh, you know, Joe and Coach Mateos and Coach Grimes have done a great job prepping that whole offensive line to, for that moment. I mean, he really hadn't played O-line before, and this was his first moment, but that, that reminds me of Blake Freeland, who never played tackle or O-line before as well, and being able to be a true freshman and, and start last year at, at a tackle position. These guys are playing at a high level, and they're coached at a high level, and I think they demand a lot from themselves, but I was just pleased that he was ready for the moment and really happy for him. He deserves to the success that he saw in that game. When you think back to where the season began, James Empey was your starting center, Tristan Hodge was your starting right guard. Well, you didn't have either guy. So you're missing 40% of a really good starting offensive line and still played really well. As for those two guys, James and Tristan, uh, what's their status right now? How do they look? Moving yeah, we're, we're still looking at it. I mean, I think there's, there's still nothing set in stone yet on, on, on um, the return date yet. And, and so I think, uh, you know, that, you're right. There's a lot of experience there with those two guys missing. Uh, the leadership and, and everything shows and what they're, you know, what the guys that have filled their shoes, they, they've done a great job leading them and, and uh, providing them with the mentoring that they're getting. But we're still assessing that and, and looking at it uh, individually and hope to get them back. We hope that neither is too long term, right? Yeah, that's, and that's the goal. I think, you know, as, as uh, I'm not a trainer, but those guys are working with them closely and uh, we're starting to see them and, and starting to see uh, the possibilities. But right now it's uh, too early to tell right now if it, they'll be available. Okay, a uh, quick note before we hit the break. Uh, Sione Finau, getting closer? Yeah, getting really close. I, I think uh, he, you know, he's practicing with the team, so we'll see. Uh, looking forward to seeing his return. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, quarterback Zach Wilson comes back, and John Beck as well, his mentor, you could say, uh, join the program. Uh, later in the show, the Romney brothers are the focus of tonight's Deep Blue. But next, we'll preview a Saturday showdown with UTSA. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union, we're here to help.
You are back with us for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Saturday, we've got BYU Radio at 1.30 Eastern starting pregame coverage of BYU and UTSA. BYU TV gets on the air at 2.30. The game's on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. And then postgame coverage on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Well, for a third straight game, it's a first-ever meeting between BYU and a new opponent. Saturday afternoon, the Cougs welcoming in the Roadrunners of UTSA out of Conference USA to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU, 3-0, ranked 15th. Roadrunners, 3-1 after a Saturday setback at UAB. So they were off to a 3-0 start and then lost this past weekend. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to talk a bit about how the quarterback issues have kind of hampered uh, UTSA the last couple of weeks. But that 3-0 start was legit was, you know, and, and Coach Trader is doing a great, a great job of, of get establishing his culture and the team and identity. Uh, they're a physical team, and they have a, a back that can run the ball and has great vision. So, uh, you know, you heard um, Zach talk about how physical they are in D-line, but they're physical on the offensive line as well. And, and we're, we're, you know, excited for the challenge, but we know that they bring some difficulty in, in defending them and, and playing against them. All right, you can see that uh, they've scored the ball decently. They did have a lower scoring game this past week against, uh, against UAB. One of the things that stands out is just how well they do run the ball uh, right now. And there's one guy in particular to which they turn. And he's, uh, if you look at total yards, total rushing yards, he actually leads the country right now. His name is Sincere McCormick. And um, he's played four games, so he has maybe one extra than most running backs that he's competing with. But even if you take the, uh, the per-game number, he's, at, uh, he's third nationally, 131 yeah. yards a game. You look at the way he breaks tackles, and I mean, he, he, he runs with a lot of explosiveness, and that right there, that play is a great vision, you know, and he uses his blocks the right way, and, and then he, you, you combine that with a big physical line. That's going to be the key is that stopping him is going to be a big part of our success that we're going to see on defense, and uh, I think our guys are excited about it. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the country, so we're looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, they, they've had, they played with a number of quarterbacks, and uh, but a lot of those guys are experienced, so we're going to have to be ready for all of them. McCormick ran for a buck fifty this past week in the loss, but the passing game really kind of undid them. <coughs> they really struggled uh, in the pass game this past weekend. They were down the number one, uh, Frank Harris. The number two, Adkins, got hurt on the first play of the game and was knocked out. They had to go to number three, Weeks, and then number four, Narcisse. And so they were down to a fourth-string quarterback by the end of that game last week. Yeah, and then they and they still were competitive and had a chance to win it. I mean, they trying to get the ball back, um, down one score and trying to get the ball back at the end, and they end up um, roughing the punter, which took him out of the game, you know. But I, I think, you know, it had been interesting to see how they would respond with that last drive. But a uh, very competitive team, tough, a lot of experience on the team. You mentioned all those quarterbacks, but they have a lot of experience playing on the field from last year and this year. And so uh, we know where, what it's been like having to use your depth and even at quarterback, you know. But uh, what I see from their team, they're, they're doing some good things. and. They're a dangerous team, so they have all of our attention, and we're focused on trying to, um, you know, trying to be our best this Saturday. Both teams have been at their best on special teams this year. Two great place kickers going head to head in this one, as it turns out. Let's also mention, not pictured here, their punter is the Ray Guy punter of the week, so they can kick it that way. And then you get to this: neither one of these guys, Kalani, has missed a kick yet. Look at that. Duplessis is a nine for nine, 14 of 14. Then Jake's five for five, 19 of 19. Those are 47 combined placement kicks with zero misses right now so two of the best in the game uh, on display Saturday afternoon that's really impressive you know so uh, uh, hopefully uh, you know we can kick more PATs and field goals that would be nice but um, that, that's an indicator of how well coached both sides are and how much of uh, emphasis special teams and the importance of special teams is 
to both programs. So we're looking forward to that ma that matchup and trying to disrupt you know that that special teams phase as much as we can. Uh, the the very definition of complementary football is what you guys are playing right now because uh, the offense and defense are in sync. Uh, lots of three and outs defensively, almost no three and outs offensively. And when you need and when you need to make a kick, Jake has made it. And so really, you can say through three three games, all three phases have had three really good games. Yeah, and I've been really happy with the way the three phases have been working. I, I think Ed Lamb, Elisa Tuyaki, and, and Jeff Grimes have done a great job coordinating those three phases. And then the players and the coaches just owning those those phases and getting better at it every, every week. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're throwing at them, whether it's game planning or preparation and practice, and they have great attitude with it. And they, they understand how important every part of that game, every second on that clock matters. And so I've been really happy with the way the guys approach each game and, and uh, hope, hope to just even with that being said, mm -hmm. um, there's still a lot of room for improvement. Well, we learned today uh, that there will be no fans in the stands uh, for a third straight home game, fourth game overall. And again, we just keep, you know, hoping that at some point people will get to see you guys play in person here in Provo. There's enough chances left for it, but it won't happen this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, the the um, the we're used to it now. I mean, having this will be the fourth game now with no fans. And and uh, I think our guys are. Um, just excited to play the game, but it would have been nice to have the fans there and you know we, we know that they love us and we know they love the program. The players know it and families are really excited about being there to support their, their sons and brothers and um, you know, husbands, things like that. So uh, eventually if we take care of things, I, I think that it'll trend the right way. But until then, we're just trying to entertain them and do as much as we can on, on the TV screen. Well, you've now got uh, 10 games on the schedule. Uh, Boise State's been added. San Diego State's been added. So a couple of Mountain West Conference games that were already on your schedule, uh, I guess come back on the schedule now. And so you see where those will be played in early November and then uh, in early or uh, uh, mid to late December uh, for the San Diego State game. And so uh, we're seeing things, you know, appear on the schedule that, uh, you know, would uh, we planned on having originally lost them and now get them back to, to a 10-game slate right now. At 10, how do you feel? Really good. And, and, you know, as a program, speaking for the players and the coaches and the support staff, that we're really thankful uh, for Tom Homo and his leadership in the administration with, with President Worthen and our Vice President Keith Working. They've been amazing in leading our team, leading our athletic department. And so the fact that we, we were able to still play and prep and for the season and then, uh, you know, just we trust them. And then they started filling the schedule. So uh, I still excited to see what else they have in, in, you know, planned for the rest of the season. But for the most part, we're really thankful to be in this position and the, the way the schedule is looking. We're really thankful for those guys. This week's game, by the way, third straight home game for BYU before heading out onto the road uh, for Houston the week after. Okay, let's head to break with uh, a reminder that Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, we will talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner right here from Studio C with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It is also on demand on the BYU TV app. Later in the show, Gunnar Romney will join us live, and the coach will take your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Checking out now our Cougars in the NFL. First career touchdown from Michael Davis of the LA Chargers with a pick six of Tom Brady on Sunday. Jamal Williams 
really nice night for the Packers in their win over Atlanta. Personal bests in receptions and receiving yards for Jamal last night. And Daniel Sorensen, part of a win for the Chiefs over the Pats. Six tackles, including two TFLs on Monday night football. Our guys getting it done, Kalani. Yeah, good to see them making plays and, and enjoying, the, you know, being in the NFL. So rep they're representing really well. And uh, Michael Davis, it was his third career pick, but when you get to house it uh, against someone like Tom Brady, that's a memory. Yeah, look, I mean, it was awesome. I think he'll be able to cherish that, that his first touchdown was against the GOAT, you know, and uh, had made a great read on the play and was able to break on it and take it to the house. So really happy for those guys. Very cool. Well, uh, every week on this show, we hear from the Cougars, and, uh, well, we get uh, their answers to the pressing questions of the day. Questions like, what do you think when you think of Cosmo? It's Cougar Q&A, and it's presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Cosmo is the GOAT, the Cougar, the GOAT. Uh, you'll see him from dancing on the football field to dunking in basketball games, so you want to look out for him when you're at any sporting event. Um, hype man, uh, energy guy, most definitely. When we see him out there, uh, he brings the energy to the field when, uh, when we're lacking a little bit. He's truly the heart of the crowd. Uh, he leads them and makes it a good atmosphere for us to play in. He is probably more athletic than a lot of the football players and basketball players and really just all the athletes here at BYU. I would describe Cosmo as a flipping, turning, twisting madman, basically, mad cougar. A big, tall, furry cat, kind of looks like a real-life cartoon character. Cirque du Soleil is one person and doing flips and all that stuff. You know how like Spider-Man does all that flips and stuff. Imagine all that, but in real life and in a 150 degree suit of a cougar. He's a mountain lion, but a mountain lion on steroids. And he's the best mountain lion there is in the country. Cosmo is the best mascot in the country. Cosmo is the best mascot in the country. Best mascot in the nation. The best mascot in the world. I describe Cosmo as the best mascot in the whole country. Um, what he does is unusual for a mascot and probably the most amazing thing you'll ever see. You don't get to pay a lot of attention to him during the games, but you know what he does. And you've oh. been at basketball games where he's done some stuff that's pretty off the charts. Everything he does is amazing. And so, the, I mean, the, the, the preparation and the hard work that goes into them, um, you know, having Cosmo ready to entertain the fans, and he does some amazing things, and it's just... It has a huge impact in what we do as an athletic department and uh, just really thankful that we have the best mascot in, in the world. That he is. All right, let's go to Q&A for Kalani now from social media. And we'll start things off taking a question from Twitter from RCRunner29. The question is, how do you keep the offense and the defense hungry and playing with aggression yet uh, under control? Or in the words of Trevor Maddich, our guy, the that's my ball mentality. Well, I don't think you can... The, when you, when you make mistakes, regardless of whether you win or lose, you need to, you need to correct them. And I think um, sometimes when you win, it, some things may, may go, um, maybe just bypass it all, but uh, because you know the result was a win, and that's not how we function as a program, as a team. I think we kind of go the opposite. It's that uh, even though we won these games and, and, and convincingly, there's a lot of stuff that didn't go as well as we wanted it to. And as, as and didn't highlight the, the talent that we have. You know, we have, we can do a lot more as a program 
and each individual on the team knows that they can do some things. I mean, that, there's a lot of plays out there that we left in these three games, and I'm looking forward to seeing these guys make it work on the, in, the, in this fourth game. Okay, second question from Twitter, at snazzy underscore Coog asking, what was your favorite stadium you traveled to as a player? And the hashtag he's included helpfully for us is War Memorial Stadium is not an option. So <laughs> taking Laramie out of the equation, what was your favorite place to go to as a player? All right, well, I won't say that one. But I, I think uh, my, when I was a true freshman, we went and played at Notre Dame. And, um, you, you know, when you just see the movies and you know the, the, the history behind that place, uh, it was a really cool experience. But I can say the fans were so classy yeah. and, and, gay, and just such sportsmanship. Even at the end of the game, being able, we won that game, and they were, they were um, you know, giving us kind of applause. And when we got there, they welcomed us. I mean, it was, it was a really cool experience. And I think that uh, if every fan or player can experience that, that, that would be something you remember forever. Yeah, I've really loved every trip there. It's uh, pretty special. All right, to social media again, another question from uh, Twitter. Uh, since BYU's experienced a COVID-related postponement of a game, is the BYU football team being held to any higher safety or sanitation standards than the BYU student body, or are you relying on their discipline to stay healthy? No, we, we have a, a higher standard, and, and we test um, three times a week, but we expect our players to, to live, you know, a disciplined life so that we can be healthy and, and that you, this, this virus is so crazy, you can do everything right and still get it. And so if we try to do everything right, at least uh, we can minimize the opportunity, you know, the, op the mishap that if it did happen, we can at least control the contact tracing part of it all. And it's been an education process for our guys, but um, you know, we require them to be disciplined, and this is just another thing that we ask of them to, to focus on so we can play football. Okay. Thanks to fans for the questions this week. Appreciate it. Uh, coming up on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, well, the days after a win are always good. Combine that with Cosmo tricks, dancing, and rankings. What more could you want? Well, watch it all on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform, BYUSN right now. Coming up, the Romneys, Baylor and Gunner in a deep blue profile, and then Gunner going solo in a live conversation with Kalani and me. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics. Well, their roots were actually south of the border. But as the Romney family moved north and the sons all the way to Utah, a well-known surname has become synonymous with Cougar football. Tonight, Deep Blue gives us a deeper look at BYU's QB Wideout Brother Act. And it's presented by America First Credit Union. He still denies it to this day, but he pushed me off my bike and I broke my arm. That was my first bone that I broke. He pushed me off a wall, you know, landed on a brick, cut that open pretty good. You know, just tons of little stories like that, that he's always just been, you know, just that, that older brother, that sibling rivalry. I like to consider myself as more of on the safe side of things, always planning ahead, always thinking out situations. Gunner's a little more impulsive, heat of the moment kind of guy. He always thinks that I'm boring and lame and stuff. So my name is Cade Romney. I'm Baylor and Gunner and Tate and Remy's dad. I'm from Colonial Juarez, Mexico, down in the Mormon colonies. 
I was born down there, uh, raised down there most of my life. Uh, after I got married, moved back down there to go into business with my dad, work with my dad in our farming business. But so Gunner and Baylor, I mean, they're, when they were growing little kids, they just ran around all around here. No shirt, no shoes, just kind of running around on four-wheelers and bikes. Helping my dad on the farm sometimes. Really, yeah, just that small town feel uh, where you have a I mean, small group of friends that you can be friends with just because there's not a lot of kids there. When you do everything together, play sports, you know, mess around, just do your thing with them. Right before high school, my family decided to move to El Paso, Texas. It was a huge adjustment coming from a small farming community in Mexico to going to a big city in the U.S., but I loved it. I, I wanted to do it my whole life. That move really blessed all of our siblings' life, you know. We all were blessed with so many more opportunities, sports-wise, education-wise, just even socially. And I think that helped all of us get out of our comfort zones and really push ourselves to grow. I mean, especially in sports, to, to be able to have that opportunity to play high school football and to get recruited. I mean, I think it's a cool thing that we recruited Gunner. He was a big-time recruit. We had some competition with him, but his desire to be here at BYU and to represent BYU, he's had family members that have been here. And then to have his brother make the decision to walk on here on his mission, to be with his brother, you can see the, the closeness that they have. Yeah, I think since, since Gunner got to BYU, we've been uh, working out together and throwing like three, four times a week during the off season. And it's just nice to always have someone to text when you want to get some work in, or even when you don't want to. You got someone that, that makes you. And that's just kind of how it's always been. He will, under center, wide receiver, bubble screen inside for a touchdown! It's the brother act, Baylor to Gunner for the score! And the Cougars go up 34-14 with the PAT pending. You know, me and Baylor, we've been throwing passes like that in the backyard since, since we could both walk. All the routes that we've run, the hours and hours and hours that we spent working with each other, and I mean, that's what it was for. It just kind of all added up and, and all that hard work paid off. That play was one that several guys had practiced and we were, felt good about just whoever was in the game at that moment doing it. Yeah, it just sort of worked out that way. We give those guys a hard time. We call it buddy ball. You know, Baylor always finds his brother and say, quit playing buddy ball. So he, li he likes, to, likes to throw to his brother, but for good reason. They, they do a lot of work together, yeah. Gunner, for whatever reason, he has some kind of a phobia against uh, saying I love you, or maybe he really doesn't love us, I, I don't know. You know, I sent him a text the other day, when just after the Navy game, saying, hey, good game, proud of you, love you. And I sent that both to Baylor and Gunner. Baylor writes back, love you too, Dad, thanks, appreciate it. Gunner writes back with just a thumbs up by the comment that I made, so it, it's hard to get some expression out of Gunner sometimes. Baylor will let you know how he feels, and it, you know, he doesn't have a problem saying that, but. Gunner's a little tougher to squeeze that out of. <laughs> my last birthday party, uh, we were just over at Gunner's house with some football guys and some of my friends. And uh, <laughs> everyone was saying, I love you, Baylor, I love you, Baylor. And then everybody stopped and said, Gunner, you have to say that you love Baylor right now. And we all waited. We all waited. He said, 
after uh, a few long, long minutes, he said, I love you, Baylor. And <laughs> I'll never forget that, because, you know, it's we don't really show affection and, you know, emotion, feeling towards each other, but deep down, we love each other. We want the best for each other. And, you know, we care about e how each other are at the end of the day. So, Gunner, I, I love you, man. <laughs> so, Baylor, he's just always been such a good role model in my life, just someone that, that's always been there for me and someone that I know is gonna be there for me in the future, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what he's going through. And so for that, I just wanna say I love you, Baylor. That one didn't even feel weird. Nah, see, <laughs> he's not here, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, every deep blue feature is awesome. That was a lot of fun to watch, that was cool. Yeah, I love the Romneys, and, and uh, they, such athleticism in the family, both mom and, and dad have, uh, have it in their genes, you know, and so, uh, you know, we're Tate back, and he's intense, and that'll be a fun true blue when he gets back from his mission. He's a linebacker, and so they're all different positions. And I think the, probably the best athlete will be the baby sister when she gets, <laughs> when she decides what sport she wants to play. So, uh, great family, and um, uh, you could—they don't have to say it. You can tell that they love each other, and you can see the things that they're, they go through together. So that, that was a beautiful, um, a beautiful true blue moment. Yeah, well, uh, let's keep it rolling with the Romneys. As much as uh, BYU's 3-0 start belongs to the entire team, there have indeed been individual standout performances keying the Cougars' rise to 15th in the national rankings. Two players in particular all over the national top 10 rankings right now, uh, quarterback Zach Wilson and, yes, wide receiver Gunnar Romney, who this Saturday has a chance at a fourth straight century game in receiving yards. It's scored by Gunnar Romney. That one's good for Gunnar. Just inside the right pylon with under one minute to go. The ball is high and brought in by Gunnar Romney at the pylon. Oh, what a grab by Gunnar! Gunnar Romney escaping detection. Deep drop on a play fake. And it is caught by Gunnar Romney! And we welcome to the Satake Show, Junior Whiteout, Gunnar Romney. Hey, Gunnar, what's up? Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing really, really well. Uh, first of all, we saw in the feature there uh, that your dad and you guys work on a farm, had a farm down there. What did he farm? So his, his main crop is chili, but he, he does tons of stuff, you know, with farming. You have to rotate crops every couple of years, so he's done corn watermelon asparagus um hemp like all that good stuff so it's it's cool how much did you look at farm life as a chore and how much did you look at it as something you actually either enjoyed or found beneficial to you so it really just kind of uh taught that that hard work you know everybody talks about that farm life how how hard it is but i hated it when i was growing up it was it was awful having to go out there and pull weeds or having to go out there and pick chili all day so that was tough, but it really just instilled the, the values of hard work and the, the value of, you know, if you want something good, you have to put in the work for it. And so I think that's really cool that I got that out of it. Okay, so after all this, do you like chilies or not like chilies? I love it. I'm, I'm one of the only ones in my family that actually likes spicy food, <laughs> but I think it's just because everybody else has been around it so much, I, but I really enjoy it. Okay, out of football now, the 100-yard games, back-to-back-to-back uh, -to -back -to -back century games to begin the season. How much do you look at that number on the stat sheet when it's handed to you at the end? Is it a big deal to you, and you want to keep that string going? 
Um, you know, it's, it's always cool to get those individual accolades and it's always cool to get the, that individual, um, you know, that get highlighted like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And, you know, I could have zero catches for zero yards. And I, if we, if we have a W on the, at, at the end of the game, then I'm happy with it. Great thing about Gunnar Kalani is he's helping you get those W's. Well, Gunnar's been a team guy since he got here and, and, and he and Baylor have been amazing. And, you know, when Baylor got here, we knew really quickly that he was something special, but, um, Gunner, we knew we were getting something special, and, and, and he just keeps blowing us away with his athleticism and, and the things that he does with, with uh, you know, his ball-catching ball skills. Uh, if you look at the way, I mean, the hard work, it pays off in the way that they, he and Baylor are on the field, but you look at the little things that Gunner does, like blocking downfield to, to spring the running backs for big gains and the other receivers and corners and uh, other receivers and tight ends, but... He, he's willing to sacrifice, and, and I love his attitude. He's always been a team guy, and it's nice to see him get the ball. But we'll, we'll win a lot more games if we can get Gunner the ball. And sometimes, Gunner, being a team guy means getting your team down to the one-yard line, but not quite in the end zone, <laughs> letting someone else do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's happened to me a couple times this year, and everybody's been, you know, joking around about how uh, I'm like Rajon Rondo, just giving everybody assists with that. But it's, <laughs> it's cool. We've, all, we've been able to punch the ball in, so... Uh, not really too worried about it. Did you think you scored on the post, by the way? Do you think you were in? Uh, the post one, I kind of knew that I was down. I, I felt my elbow hit, hit right before. But on, on the one that you're showing right there with the, the one on the, on the, the pylon, pylon, I thought for sure I was in. I still I, I watched the <laughs> film and still don't know how they overturned it. Uh, you, you must be feeling healthy. You look great. And I think maybe earlier in your career, you had to deal with some nagging stuff that kind of hampered you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, it's it's been great. The last two seasons, I've had, you know, soft tissue injuries that have held me back a little bit. But this year, I've spent extra time in the offseason getting healthy. And that's one thing that I look uh, look at the, you know, whole COVID quarantine thing that really helped me get health, healthy. And I was able to focus on my body a lot more, and, and it, I was able to listen to it. And so now I, I attribute that to, to a huge part of the season's success so far is just being able to stay healthy. We know about your obvious connection with your brother at quarterback, but there's another connection at quarterback people may or may not know of, and that's Jacob Conover. That was your high school quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jacob's an unreal player. You know, I transferred over from Texas to Arizona my junior year, and uh, he was a starting quarterback there, and we just we just clicked. And so it's he's gonna be he's gonna be an awesome quarterback here in the next couple of years, and so I'm really happy for it. And you know, BYU fans, you should be on the look for him. And I know, I, know, I know Kalani feels the same way you do about uh, Jacob. Kalani, we'll, we'll let you say uh, goodnight to Gunner here and thank him for us. Gunner, you're stud. Love you, man. <laughs> thanks, Coach. Love you. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks a lot. That's Gunner Romney. Appreciate it. As we go to break, this week's trivia question presented by Qualtrics, who is BYU's career leader. Oh, we're going to first of all tell you that after, oh, we'll get to the trivia. Uh, who is BYU's career leader in completion percentage? That's the question. The answer coming up after this break. Stay with us. Qualtrics Trivia, who's BYU's career leader in completion percentage? The answer there is Steve Sarkeesian, 66.9%. Zach Wilson's current career rate is 66.3. He's second in BYU career history, but a lot of football left to go. All right, in case you missed it this past week, let's hit a few of things that uh, might have just gotten past you that we're going to throw at you. And, and the first thing we're going to talk about is how much actually people are talking about uh, BYU football. <laughs> a lot of national commentary these days, Kalani. Uh, people watching your team play, loving the way you play, and uh, 
just basically observing how what a strong start you guys have had at uh, at three and zero and up in the polls. That's great. We just keep focusing on trying to get better as a team, and and uh, like I said, you know, we'll let other people talk about it, and we're just we, there's a lot more for us to improve on. In case you missed this, this is how your tight ends handle their crossing route. A little high five action. Look at that. <laughs> Rex and Wheat. Make sure they're close enough. Steve, if you slap hands, you're close enough, right? I guess. That's yeah, that's, that's something that we do to make sure that we got the right spacing and, <laughs> and that uh, they rub shoulders and stay nice and tight on the, on the mesh route. Uh, and it's, you know, connects the team together as well. There we go. Uh, we're going to revisit Mason Wake's uh, truck show here from last Friday. The hurdle, run a guy over, run out of a couple guys' grabs, and then run another guy over at the end. It was and fantastic. Great ball security, and he, he's a special player. And, you know, he can run the ball. He, he, he was a great running back at Lone Peak, and so I, I think you can see it right here. It's built around his toughness and his pad level. I'm not sure who took harder hits, uh, Mason Wake delivering them there or uh, Cosmo in the bubble as he uh, made his way down the stands. And, yeah, he's wrapped up in a plastic bubble, but he's still getting bounced around pretty good, too. And this is Cosmo <laughs> flying around in there. And yes, he hit the pins. The other angle may not have shown, you know, a lot of pin drop, but the but they got they got a number of pins down there. It was pretty good. It's amazing. Is it things he, he's doing, wanting to do in an empty stadium to please our fans and the players on both sidelines. And finally, uh, the T-shirts you've been seeing the Cougars warm up in are now on sale at the BYU store and online, and they were going quickly last I checked. The love one another shirts, a nice touch and a chance for Cougar Nation to get involved with that too. Yeah, and you know, I, I think in, in, in coordination with what our prophet spoke about in general conference. I think it's a, it's a good thing and um, having everyone just really focus on the message that Christ that gives us. All right. That'll do it for this week. Kalani, good luck this weekend. Let's go. Go Cougs. Right. We'll talk to you next Tuesday at 830 Eastern for Gunnar Romney and the coach Kalani Sitake. I'm Greg Grubel and this has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on the BYU TV app. Good night. So long. Go Cougs.